Thank you for listening to How It Ends. If you'd like to support the show, you can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash howitendsstudio. Our tiers start at $1 and all patrons receive early access, ad-free episodes, digital downloads, access to polls, and more. Physical rewards start at $6 and feature exclusive patron-only merch and other perks. You can also visit us at howitendspodcast.com to shop in our merch store or to join our Discord server, where you can chat with us and other fans of the show. It's the only place you'll find exclusive whispers from Micah, Elia, Devin, and Amy. Please enjoy the show. That feeling when you hear someone call your name and you turn, but no one's there and a shiver runs down your spine. When something moves just out of vision and it sets in, the sense that someone or something is watching you. Do you know that feeling? Good. It means you're paying attention. I'm Micah Jones. My friends and I started this podcast to explore my dreams and nightmares and to help me finally deal with my dad's death, even after all this time. Instead, we stumbled onto something much darker, something we were never meant to find out. My dreams aren't just dreams, they're memories, warnings. I should have paid closer attention. And my dad, he's at the center of it all. The How It Ends podcast is no longer releasing in real time. We can't. It isn't safe. But if you're just finding us, start at the beginning. Thank you for listening. The events that are about to unfold occurred between March 20 and March 23, 2020. I've been a lot of places, but I've never made it to Boston. Your neighborhood is... Why would you? I was here. You were avoiding me, right? It's not like that, Amy. Please. Yeah, so you've said. We've been walking around here for over two hours, and you seem fine. Why are you getting shitty with me now? Getting shitty with you? If only. Would you like me to? I think you'll see I'm not as easy to mess with as when I was a kid. I can see that, and you're right. I'm sorry. I don't have the right to say that to you. I'm... It's just that... It's what? Please, explain it to me. No, I'll stop there. I'm sorry. Mm Mm-hmm. Anyway, we're here. We're where? My place. It's across the street. Where? I thought we came down this way to get coffee at Starbucks. Everything around here looks like office buildings and restaurants. Nope. That's it over there. Come on. This is where you live? Yeah. Fancy. So? Is that a problem? Nope. I'm just surprised. Luke did say Elia made a big deal about your kitchen on the podcast, but... You don't listen. Not often. No. Figures. It was hard to listen to your voice. Hello, Miss Perry. Hey, Gary. 
You've done real well for yourself, Goose. This place is really nice. Please don't call me that. Sorry, sorry. Force of habit. Anyway, uh, yeah. I guess I have, you know, I'm, I'm in a pretty lucrative field and I work really hard. I love what I do. I have great relationships with my patients and, and I landed in a no, really great no, no. practice. I'm not judging. I'm just happy for you. Yeah, well, uh, just be happy that they fixed this elevator. It's been out of service for a while and hoofing it up to my apartment's a pain in the ass. <laughs> what, because I can't go upstairs? It's been a long time since you were a football star, Hollywood. <laughs> This place is gorgeous. I mean, damn, Amy. The kitchen is nicer than one in Mom and Dad's house. Yeah, yeah. You and Elia can find a way to steal the stove when I move out. Wait, you're leaving this place? Seriously? Well, I'm thinking about it. Why? If I lived here, you couldn't pay me enough to leave the house, let alone move. <laughs> um, Honestly, I'm just ready for a change. I've been here for a really long time. Through my senior year of undergrad, my residency. Plus, I think I like Providence better than Boston. It feels more like home, but only in the good ways, you know. You lived here during undergrad? Yeah. I mean, you had my address. You sent mail here. I did, but it's not like I knew what your apartment looked like. How did you get my address, anyway? Mm, I'm resourceful. Okay. Um, do you want a drink or something? Sure. What do you have? Um, gin or water? Water's good. So how did you afford this place in undergrad? I mean, I knew I was going to a field where I would make decent money, so I snagged this place when I could. And the rent wasn't as high as it is now, you know. Sure, but it still wasn't cheap. You swung this as a student and an intern? Mom and Dad co-signed the lease and helped me out for the first couple of years. I'm dead. Yeah? Why are you being weird about it? You know, Elia and Micah and Devin have all been here and didn't make a big deal. Why does it matter to you? Right. Nope. You're right. I'm sorry. It's... It's been different for me. I did settle for a while, but nowhere like this. Mostly I've just kept moving from place to place. Now I live in a van most of the time. And I've been pretty isolated except for traveling with Luke, so I guess my social skills are a little rough as well. I didn't mean anything by it. It's really a great place. Again, I'm just happy for you. Well, what else should I know about your life, Goose? Do you still play soccer? <laughs> Mom always hated it when you called me that. <laughs> yeah. I actually remember the day you asked everyone to start calling you Amy. You were like five or six. <laughs> Mama Sova Clint. <laughs> yeah. I actually did try going by Amelia once I started working, but I gave it up recently. Didn't feel right. Do you see them a lot, Mom and Dad? <sighs> when I must. Must, huh? That's a lot. You know how Mom can be. She wants people to know how much better she thinks we are than everyone without actually saying it. 
By the time I was a senior in high school, I was the center of her world. My failures reflected poorly on her and dad, and my successes weren't my own. Once I became a doctor, forget it. I just couldn't take it anymore. So now it's just a holiday here and there and the occasional weekend each summer so mom can parade me around at the club to all her friends. Yikes. Yeah, it, it is what it is. You know, they get phone calls now. I'm sorry. That must have been. It shouldn't have. I should have. Been there? Yeah. Yeah, you should have. You know what? I'll take one, too, if you don't mind. Already making it. So, yeah. Um, one thing I did hear on the podcast was the hike you and Micah went on. Mm, the one where I almost took an arrow to the chest? Yes. <laughs> Great time. Beautiful hike. <laughs> That's the one. Did you ever figure out what happened? Nope. I'm chalking it up to some hunter making a huge mistake and then just booking it when they heard Micah screaming. Anything else is really too much to think about. Sure, that's fair. I'm just glad you're okay. Me too. I brought it up because I heard you say that you make donations to the National Park Service every year on Nolan's birthday. Yeah, I do. You're a good person, Goose. Well, I've had my shitty moments, but yeah, I try. Describe shitty moments. Just the standard stuff, you know, not being as patient with friends as I should have been or flaky from time to time. Friends as in Micah? Oh, maybe. You drifted apart. It happens. It wasn't all your fault. I don't think it's anyone's fault, really. I I know. I just feel... No, no. Like, you're being too hard on yourself. You were a teenager. Everyone's a nightmare when they're 13. Yeah, that's, that's true, but... No, so what I'm saying is... You have always been good. Great, even. If anything, Mom and Dad tried to get in the way of that, but that was never going to happen. You were never going to be like them. You were always exactly who you are right now. And how do you know who I am? You've been gone for like a third of my life. Because I know you. You care deeply for people. You show up. That's you. Thank you. You know, Micah and I talked about you when we were on that hike. If you heard the other stuff, there's no way you could have missed that part of the conversation. Yeah, I caught it. So then you know she asked me about the night you left. Yeah, I remember. And? And? You're serious. We're not going to talk about it? It's not what I said. Well, you're not really saying anything. You fucking left me there, Brendan. Amy. No, you knew how they were, Mom and Dad. You told me you were going to stay at a friend's house near school. You didn't fucking tell me you were never coming back. You left me there with them. You just... Goose, there's a lot you don't know. I promise. I wasn't trying to leave you behind. I don't know anything. And I didn't know anything then, either. Only that you disappeared into the fucking night and I never saw you again. 20 fucking years, Brendan. It's been more than 20 years. You were my best friend. Micah and I were already drifting away, and then you left, and I had no one. I know. But I promise, I didn't leave because I didn't care about you. I left because... I don't fucking care anymore! Goose. 
You've every right to be angry with me, to hate me even. I don't hate you. I know how I left was shitty, especially for you. I'm sorry. I should have led with that. Well, tell me now. Tell me what happened. What was that argument about? Why was it so bad that it kept you away all this time? I'm gonna tell you. I just can't right now. Are you fucking kidding me? Listen, I'm not dragging this out just for fun. I'm gonna tell you everything, but I really think it'll be easier if I tell everyone at once. It's about more than just you and me. How Trust me. I get it. I know what I'm doing is frustrating. But please, let's just have this one day for us. For you and me. Before... Before what? Before I blow up everything we know about our parents. Maybe Micah's dad, too. So, did it go well yesterday? I don't know if I'd go that far, but it wasn't a complete disaster, I guess. So, better than expected. He didn't tell you why he left? Nope. It kept me up all night. He said he wanted to tell everyone at the same time, which honestly seems like bullshit. I'm the one he owes an explanation. But he insisted. Oh, that sounds brutal, Amy. Uh, Well, I got a pot of coffee on. Do you want a cup? No, I'm good. But thank you. I grabbed a latte on my way here. Sure. Hey, folks. Hey, everyone. Hey, guys. Come on in. Beer, anyone? It's 10 a.m. Nice to see you again, Alia. Amy, Micah, Devin? Mm, No, thanks. I think I'm okay. Coffee. So, do we... Oh, my God. Just get to it, Brendan. I'm about to fucking explode. Okay. Everything I'm going to say is going to sound made up. Please, just let me get it all out there first, and then I'll try to answer your questions as best I can. Goose, do you remember my birthday during sophomore year of college? Maybe. It was the birthday before I... Before you left, right. Do you remember anything? Um, I don't know. I don't think so. Mom made a huge deal about it. I was at Rutgers, so, you know, close by, but Mom wanted me to come home for the whole weekend and blow off my Monday classes. She said that she wanted to throw a big party with all my friends during the day and do a family dinner at night. I didn't want to, but we got into an argument about it over the phone. Mm. Maybe I remember this. Kind of. I just told her I really didn't care about birthdays and that I was confused why she did all of a sudden. It wasn't like we did anything beyond, you know, the awkward family dinners for any other birthday. Me saying that pissed her off, though. I even said I was only turning 20, not 21. It wasn't like that age had any real meaning. Not to me, anyways. I vaguely remember hearing her talk to Dad about it. Maybe something about being so disappointed that you were being so difficult about coming home. I think Dad was angry. Yeah, he was. I thought she'd let it go, but then Dad called. 
and told me I'd better show up or there would be consequences. That's fucking weird. Your family never cared about birthdays. My mom always felt bad because Amy never really got anything special. So my mom would go get her that whale cake from Carvel. Fudgy the whale. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, that one. And and then she would always like get you like a couple of nice gifts too. You know, things that you talked about and that you wanted. You know, easy bake ovens or Barbie dolls. I mean, I think my mom really kind of enjoyed it, honestly, because I wasn't really like a Barbie kind of kid. Yeah, she did. I loved her for that. You always made me presents, too. Remember when you made me that book of flowers? <laughs> wow, I actually forgot about that. I didn't. I still have it. Cool. What kind of book was it? Well, somehow, without me knowing, Micah picked like a flower or a leaf from a plant everywhere we went together for over a year. Some of them were from places she went on her own, too. And she pressed them all into this really beautiful notebook and wrote what each plant was and added little sketches of them, noted where she found it and if we were together or not. It was oh, really... Was super dorky, I know. No, not at all. I just didn't fully grasp how much it meant until way later. Sometime during grad school, I opened a box I had in storage and I, I found the book in there. I remember thinking that I never fully appreciated or maybe even understood... Uh, I mean, you made that for me when we were in elementary school. This really isn't the gift of a typical 11-year-old, you know? Yeah, sure. Hang on, back up. You've never had a birthday party, like ever? Not really, no. Okay, well, I think I'm going to have to do something as about that. As precious as this exchange is, can we just table it? I'm not trying to be an asshole, I promise. Sure, go ahead. So when Dad called, he had that tone. You know how he was. How he is. He hasn't changed much. He's got that whole man of few words thing going on. Yeah, it's true. I always thought your dad was a little scary. But didn't you say that your family spent a lot of time together? Yeah, uh, they did. I mean, our moms got along fine enough. I mean, and Gail was always nice to me. Sort of. Whatever nice for Gail is. Simon, uh, Simon just wasn't around much, but when he was, he just had an air about him. Like, he wasn't very warm, you know? Okay, but what about your dad's? Like, did they get along? Well, my dad, dad was like the mayor. He could talk to anyone. But did they like each other? Well, I never noticed anything off between them, but for one, I was a kid. And two, if I had to bet, Nolan was just being cordial. I actually remember him being kind of intimidating, too. Oh, I forgot you were here. When I came to pick you up for prom, he was there. I think he said two words to me. I forgot you two went to prom together. Did you forget, or did Lou conveniently not tell you? Or did he maybe lie? Fucking hell, Elia. Hey guys, come on. <laughs> okay, this is this is a lot. This is a lot. What What is I don't know. Just fucking all of it. Um, all right. So <laughs> I'm standing in my living room with my childhood best friend that I just, you know, I recently reconnected with uh, after not seeing her since I was a teenager. But, you know, she's here now because she had some life altering information about my dead dad and you, her middle school ex-boyfriend that I met once on a day that I barely remember, except maybe I was kidnapped the same day. And then her long lost brother who disappeared for 20 years only to show up unexpectedly with said ex-boyfriend claiming to have some wild fucking story that all 
of us need to know to explain why he left her to fend for herself with your with their weird fucked up parents. And now <laughs> we're talking about the ghosts of birthday parties past and how the two of you went to prom together. Yeah, I am sorry, but it's a lot. Yeah, so maybe we should just let Brendan finish telling a story then, huh? Yeah, go ahead. Right. Dad called. There was something in his voice that made it clear I didn't have a choice. I'm not sure why I didn't push back, because I could have just said yes and hung up the phone and then just not gone, but I didn't. Anyway, I got there on Friday afternoon just before my birthday. Mom was in full party planner mode. She had elaborate decorations all over the house and backyard. People bringing in tables and shit. A fucking caterer was setting up. A caterer? I didn't understand it either. When I tried to ask her about it, she just told me to stay out of her way until the party. Not wanting to start an argument, Amy, I went and found you and convinced you to walk uptown with me. We went to the hot rod show and got Italian ice at Rita's. Do you remember? Nope. I think we ran into some of your friends from the soccer team. We walked down Main Street, stopped at the softball field on Park Ave to hang out for a bit, then walked home. When we got back, the house was quiet. Mom and Dad were already upstairs. Any of this ringing a bell? We did stuff like that all the time. Sure, but I feel like you should remember a huge party happening at our house. I'm sorry. I don't understand what's happening here. You said that your family didn't celebrate any birthdays, and then your mom decides she's going to throw you this massive party all of a sudden and Amy clearly doesn't remember it which okay fine that's weird but what does this have to do with why you left Amy all alone like can you just get to the point already oh it's okay no she's right um it sounds like I'm stalling I promise it's related I'm trying to give you the whole story and it's only going to get weirder from here so the next day we were told the party would start at noon and end at seven. Then we'd go to dinner at some fancy restaurant that belonged to one of dad's clients. Mom made us get dressed up. I had to wear this old dark brown suit of dad's that didn't fit right. And you wore... A dress. Mom made me wear a dress, right? I don't know why, but I just remembered that part. Yes, but it was more like an evening gown. It was this deep brassy gold color that went to the floor. Okay, you're right. This is getting weirder. It had a, a high neck and, and full sleeves. Picturing it now kind of gives me a flowers in the attic vibe. It made you look old. Sorry, old-fashioned, I mean. Mom did something weird with your hair, too. Did she put it up? Yeah, it was styled like Judy Garland in that movie that you always make me watch around Thanksgiving. Meet me in St. Louis. Huh. Did your family have parties like this any other time? I mean, Amy's mentioned that your parents belong to a country club, but were you used to going to formal events like that? Sort of, but nothing like he's describing. Yeah, we went to holiday parties and stuff at Dad's golf club sometimes, but this was different. And please remember, we're all dressed up in suits and evening gowns, and the party was in the middle of the day. Guests started showing up, and everyone else was dressed in formal wear, too. That's when I realized someone was really off. Off? Yeah, I gotta say, the idea of something being off is way, way left the station now, so. I know, but 
my parents told me it was a birthday party for me, but none of my friends were there. No one from college, no one I was even really friends with. There were guys I played football with in high school, girls from my graduating class, but I didn't really know any of them. And they were all there with their parents. Everyone else was from town, like people from our neighborhood, people mom knew from work, dad's colleagues. Michael, your family wasn't invited? No. Amy and I weren't really talking at that point. Wait, Luke, you don't know this story already? I thought you two have been traveling together. (sighs) We have, but no, I don't. Brendan refused to tell me much of anything. I had no idea why any of those people would show up at a party at our house, let alone my birthday. The weirdest part was that as the day went on, nobody talked to me. They mostly talked to my parents, and I even remember one guy saying congratulations to my dad. Congratulations for what? Right before seven, dad stands up and gives this toast. To my son, the Perry name rests with you. Happy birthday. Vitriol. What the fuck? All of the guests lifted their glass and toasted but didn't say anything. No one said cheers or happy birthday. Nothing? No. They toasted in silence, sipped their drinks, and then began to file out. Within 15 minutes, everyone was gone. Mom came over and told us to get ready to leave because we were heading out to dinner. I'm sorry, this cannot be real, but like, this sounds like the biggest line of bullshit I've ever heard. Yeah, not gonna (laughs) lie, I'm definitely with Ellie on this one. Listen, I I told you from the beginning, I know how this sounds, but it's 100% true. So we leave, and Mom and Dad seem sort of like their normal selves. Dad didn't talk, and Mom was rambling about how beautiful the party was and how incredible the restaurant was going to be, and she said it was on this big private estate. Do you remember where it was? Uh, I remember heading up 22, so... Maybe Warren or somewhere over there? Ah, uh, yeah. Super rich, like, fuck you money. Dinner was going fine, but I don't know. I just got angry. I started asking Mom, what the hell was going on? Why the whole day even happened? Why none of my friends were invited? And Dad lost it. He slammed his hand down on the table and told me to shut my mouth. He signaled to the server who came over really quickly and Dad whispered something to him. Then he stood up and said we were leaving. The drive home was completely silent. Once we got home, Dad went into his office and shut the door. Mom told us to change our clothes and have tea with her before she just headed upstairs for the night. The next thing I know, a bag is pulled over my face and I'm dragged out of bed. What? What do you mean someone pulled a bag over your head? Isn't that what happened to that guy you talked to? And uh... What the fuck, Brendan? I slid off my bed and slammed onto the floor. My head hit the floorboards and friggin' bounced. It hurt a lot, but it didn't knock me out. I heard movement around me, like shuffling. Then I felt hands on my ankles and someone grabbed my wrists and began to shove my arms into a coat or something. I didn't know what it was. 
Then they tied my hands together. All I could do was yell. I screamed for mom and dad. I screamed for you too, Amy. Nobody came. I tried to fight them off, but when I went to swing at them, my arms were weak. It's like they were made of lead. Someone hooked their forearms under my armpits and just dragged me out of the room. I felt another person lift my feet, and then two of them carried me down the stairs. I think that's when I passed out. When I woke, I was sitting upright in this high back chair. My hands weren't bound anymore, but I still couldn't make myself stand up. There was this buzzing in the room, voices coming from all around me. And that's when I heard it. Heard, heard what? Dad's voice. No. No, you're fucking making this up. I can't believe you. I can't believe you would do this, that you'd come up with this fucked up story. Amy, just come, Amy, come here. You're fucking lying. Amy. Amy, I'm not. Please, listen to me. There's more. I'm not lying. Brendan, stop. Micah, she has to hear this, and so do you. Please. Enough. That's enough. This is too much. We all need a minute. Just give us... A fucking minute. I need to tell you the rest. (laughs) Can you please, like, tell me that you can see she's a fucking mess right now. Like, you see this, right? Yes, Elia, I can. But that doesn't change the fact that she needs to hear this. And you do too, Micah. I was trying to tell you before. This has everything to do with you too. Uh, you know, um... I'm a little at a loss. I just, I don't see how any of it has anything to do with me. And jury's out on whether or not I believe you anyway. Why would I make it up? Uh, to make yourself feel better about being a shitty brother. So you think this is making me feel better? Seriously? Why didn't you tell me about this? You had so many opportunities. And what about after you met up with Keith? That would have been the clearest signal that you could have opened up about it. It's basically the same story. Wait a second. Who's Keith? No, it isn't. That dude decided to scare himself by walking in the woods in the middle of the night. Yeah, sure. What he said sounds a bit like what I just told everyone. But I'm saying my fucking father was there. My parents knew. I would like to think that's a bit different. Again, who is Keith? We stopped in Devil's Kettle, Minnesota, because Brendan said it was on his list. Wait, what list? When we were traveling, I signed up for a Duluth Ghost Meetup group and started posting in the forum. Most of the time, Brendan and I... Time out. We're getting ahead of ourselves here. Are we? Sounds like you're holding back a lot of information. Am I? Or have I just been trying to tell you all my story and you keep interrupting? Fine. Go ahead. Amy, I swear to you, Dad was in the room. When I started to come to, I realized the bag was still over my head. I heard a few other voices, but I only recognized Dad's. Someone removed the bag. And I could see that I was tied to the chair. Brendan. Amy, please. 
dad and two other people are standing in front of me in robes. They were black and hooded. I tried to get my bearings, but we were in a windowless room, a basement or something maybe. It was cold and damp and there were candles on the wall, but only enough to make the room dimly lit. I couldn't see any exits. From what I could see, the only furniture was the chair I was sitting in in a small podium acting like an altar. One of the robed figures was behind it, looking at me. Everyone but Dad was wearing a mask. What did you just say? Please let me get through this. I was still groggy from hitting my head, and Dad started speaking to me, but I couldn't understand what he was saying. Then he walked over to the chair and untied me. I tried to get up, but I still couldn't move. I looked up and tried to yell, but nothing came out. It was like when you wake up during a nightmare and you're going to scream and you try and try, but you can't. Dad just looked at me, blank expression on his face. Then the ceremony started. Ceremony? The seething. That's what they called it. Who? The seething was an initiation. At first it was just the two people and dad, but then I heard a door open from somewhere behind the podium and the room began to fill in. Dozens of people in hooded robes came to stand behind dad and one of them then stood next to dad, just slightly behind him. When they removed their hood, I saw mom. She looked like a stranger, Amy. Her expression was cold, colder than I had ever seen it. And she just stared at me. This can't be real. It is. The leader then pulled the massive book from inside the podium. It flipped to a page and read out mom and dad's names along with many family names going back decades. Then they recited something to me in Latin and made me repeat it. He said the words, morte, sanguine. I remember them because I'd heard them before. It means death and blood. But I didn't understand the rest. They poured this muddy liquid into a glass and made me an offer. I was promised the world. Anything I could want, my wildest dreams, success, fortune, the sole condition is that when you're called upon, you answer. If you refuse, there would be grave consequences. What could they ask you for? Anything. They made that very clear. Mom and dad are involved in this? How could I not know? I didn't know either. Not until that night. The person standing at the podium told me to decide. What did you do? What could I do? I was terrified, Amy. I was terrified that Dad was right there, staring daggers at me. And Mom, the way she looked. I didn't know what to do. I said yes. I came, it came out more raspy, like a whisper. But I still managed to say it. I thought that maybe if I agreed, I could just get out of there. I'd talk to them later. 
But when I said yes, they dumped the liquid onto the floor, and then someone came out from behind my chair and grabbed my right arm. They lifted it and tied my hand to the back of the chair. Another robe figure sat down next to me and told me to hold still. They wore a mask with a strange symbol on it and it obscured most of their face. I could see their eyes, though. I realized they were holding a tattoo needle. I heard it click and then they started working. I tried to move, tried to yell for Dad again. My body was still locked in place and Dad just told me to relax, that it wouldn't take long. He said he was proud of me. So I just sat there. When they were done, all those people chanted some short phrase three times. Then they silently walked out of the room. Mom and Dad walked over to me. Amy, they look so happy. They said we'd talk more about everything soon, but for now, my work was done. Mom handed me this small gold cup and told me to drink. I didn't know what else to do, so I listened. I woke up the next morning in my own bed. At first, I thought it was the world's most vivid nightmare, coupled with this horrible hangover. I was so out of it, and my body just felt strange. But then I felt the stinging pain under my arm. I jumped out of bed, nearly falling over in the process, and just raced straight to the mirror. There it was. The tattoo. Of what? It was a short phrase written in a language I couldn't read, so I didn't even know what it meant. But you must know now, right? Like your parents told you? No, they didn't. They said they would in time. They forbade me to look it up. You really never Googled it? Of course I fucking Googled it. What does it say? Davida Tua, the Spiritus es Sanguinem, Vida Aurum, Ad Terum, Ocidere Quid Minute. Probably butchering the pronunciation. What does it mean, though? It's Latin. From what I could find, it loosely translates to Give your life of spirit and blood, see gold, return to earth, kill what remains. What the f- Why does that sound so familiar? You recognize that phrase? I don't know. Maybe. I feel like I've heard something like that before, but it's not coming to me. Show it to me. What? I said show it to me. The tattoo. Really? Right here? Yes. You said it was under your arm, not on your ass. Show us. Now. Otherwise, there's no way I'm believing any of this. All right. There. I don't know what to say. For once, neither do I. I'm going to put my shirt back on now. I still don't understand why you didn't tell me about this. I thought we were working together. I mean, I knew it was awkward at first, but I really thought you could trust me. 
Not now, Alia. Please. You could have told me, Brendan. I've never told anyone. Ever. But I need to say, there was one moment that I thought you knew more than you were letting on. What? How? When we heard the end of the podcast episode, and you were adamant about coming back here, and I wasn't so sure, I thought you knew. Why then? Because Micah said she remembered people wearing masks. As soon as she said that, you bugged out. You said it was time, that we had to come back now. I figured it was because of the masks. Yeah, about the fucking masks. No, definitely not. It was because how she sounded. She was in the dark for so long, and that's a hell of a thing to remember. We've been on the road for so long, and while I was tired of staying away, it seemed like the right time. You didn't want to come back? No, that's that's not what I meant. You just said that you weren't sure about coming back and that Luke was the one pushing for it. So what does it mean then? He wanted to wait until we had more information. We had a bit, but he thought we could get more. We were heading to the Pine Barren. No, Brendan, it sounds like you didn't. I did. I was scared too. I'm not going to lie to you. Coming back means more than just owning up to ghosting you. It meant putting everything I'm telling you now out there too. Maybe acting on it. It's a lot. But please, don't think it was because I was happier staying away. What happened after you woke up? Why didn't you come tell me? When I came downstairs, you were already gone. You went to hang out with some friends. I guess it was sort of late in the day. Mom was waiting for me in the kitchen, and she was beaming. She made this big breakfast. I tried to ask her questions, but she would just brush me off and told me that Dad would explain. A little while later, Dad called me into his office and shut and locked the door behind me. He explained that I was now part of something special. That my life would be whatever I made of it. It wasn't just about being rich or famous. It was deeper than that. It meant that I could do almost anything, go anywhere. He said I'd already felt the benefits of our family's legacy and devotion to the organization. That's what he called it. How? What did he mean? My scholarship, for one. He wouldn't tell me anything beyond that. He said all would unfold in time. I guess that's their custom. Their custom? Yeah, when you're initiated, you're only given pieces to the puzzle over a long period of time. You're not told much of anything. You just begin to benefit. He said things would just happen for me. If I wanted it, I'd have it. So I asked the obvious question. If we had access to this kind of power or wealth, why did we live in Somerville? Why not New York or some other big city? Why do we live in a suburb with a regular house? Uh, yeah, that was about to be my next question. He said that having wealth doesn't always translate to displaying wealth, and some things were best kept quiet. And then he said that things weren't always as they seemed. I kept asking questions, and I asked about the ceremony, that fucking tattoo... I asked if it was just some secret society. Why did joining have to be so goddamn terrifying? 
He said it was ritual and not to question it. The old ways are just that. Old. I tried to ask what kind of favors would I have to do. Who else was involved in this organization? But no matter what I asked, he just refused to answer. He said, all in time. For now, I was to continue school as planned and speak of this to no one. Not even me? Especially not you. I asked if you knew about this, and he went rigid. I was never to tell you. You would be told when it was appropriate. I asked when that would be, and he just started screaming at me to leave his office. That was it. That was enough for me. I was so freaked out, I ran upstairs, got some stuff, and went back to school. Do you remember me not being there when you got back? No, just the little bit I mentioned earlier, and even that is fuzzy. So a couple weeks after that, I'd almost convinced myself that I would be able to forget it. Uh, But then just before Thanksgiving, Dad called and said there was going to be another initiation on December 24th. After our family Christmas Eve dinner, I would show up at at an address. I'd be blindfolded and brought to another location. There I would get dressed and perform my role in the seething. He told me I was the person responsible for keeping the initiate still during his tattoo. (laughs) Absolutely not. Everything that happened that night just came flooding back, and this time I couldn't let it go. I felt that fear, that confusion. There was no way I was going to help them do that to someone else, but I didn't know what to do. The fight was right before Christmas. Yeah. We were having dinner, and I was terrified. I knew what I was supposed to do. I couldn't. You said you were done with school, football, everything. You said you were done with all of it. And did. They sent me upstairs, but I could hear Dad yelling. At first, they tried to plead with me to get me to change my mind. They were still outraged, but it was more out of shock, I think. Mom kept saying, do you know what this means? And honestly, I didn't. I didn't care either. I heard her say that. I snuck out of my room to the stairs to listen. I remember. When that didn't work, Dad became someone I'd never seen before. He always had a temper. This was something else. He screamed at me, but I didn't respond. I just sat there. And then he did something that still makes me shiver when I think about it. All of a sudden, he, he went completely calm. He looked at mom and said, it's in the office. She stood up and went in there like she was in some kind of trance. Something about that just rang alarm bells through my head. I bolted. You ran out the front door and you you looked at me with this expression. I didn't understand. But I saw you in your room late that night. You were packing a bag. You told me to go back to bed. That's the night you left. Yeah, it is. Why? What? Why did I leave? Did you hear 
everything I just said? No. Why don't I remember any of this? The party, dinner at that restaurant, having tea with mom, you not being home the next day. Why don't I remember it? I think they made you forget. minutes. A transplant candidate dies while waiting for a compatible heart, liver, or kidney. Imagine a technology that could provide those life-saving transplant organs for a high price, and imagine what a company would do to monopolize that technology. On a remote island in Lake Superior, a team of geneticists unlocks this holy grail of medicine by reverse engineering the genomes of all mammals, creating an animal with organs perfectly suitable for human transplantation. They envisioned a docile herd animal, but one team member had another, darker vision. This ancestor is anything but docile. The team's work spawns something big, something evil, something very, very hungry. Ancestor is a complete serialized fiction podcast by number one New York Times bestselling novelist Scott Sigler with all episodes available. Binge the entire story now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.